Good morning. Welcome to Financial Questions, Real Answers. This is your host, Darwin Lindsay, Certified Financial Planner with Lindsay Wealth Management. Today is Friday, May 5th, 2023. As always, if you do have a question or topic you would like to hear on the show, we would love to hear from you. 812-316-2079. You follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Send us an email, info at lindsaywealth.com. Lindsay's L-I-N-D-S-E-Y. The markets, let's talk a little bit about this. Things are getting a little more dicey by the minute. Um, the clearing here, we're talking about the S&P 500 right now. I know a lot of people want a definitive, it's going down, it's going up, an all clear sign. There's really not a lot of that that is going on right now. There's a lot of mixed signals out here. Uh, but I will still wholeheartedly and every day that I keep seeing another regional bank about try to fail, I keep telling you that, the, at least in my humble opinion, that the retest of the lows that took place last October every day is getting more and more likely. Now, with that being said, what did happen was last Friday, which I wasn't for sure on the show, but I could sort of see it taking place, and we had two updates that just took out uh, all, like the previous five trading days, and then... We actually went to new highs and new closing highs, and I should say at least from May 13th, or excuse me, March 13th. Uh, and by doing that, that that's just a, a symbol of, hey, you know, but we didn't, what we didn't do was we didn't go into the January, or no, February 2nd high, which was 4195 but I said that there is a possibility that we could that it could still go up from here. Well, we're still sort of in that wait and see mode to see what's going to happen because the 4202 to 4243 technically is still in play. However, if we do get a close below 405599, let's just call that 4056, uh, then that would signal that um, a weekly high has been complete. There's an outside chance here over the next two to three days that that does hold. And then we do continue up to the 4202 to 4243. Uh, don't know. Don't know about that yet. Uh, with that being said, the daily has uh, moved out of overbought. And that's why we say it's probably got another two to three days uh, downward, sideways to downward movement in it. Now, the weekly is where it gets a little bit more interesting. At this point in time, as we do look at the weekly basis and, and what has actually happened here with, with the market, um, more than likely it will continue down for at least two to three weeks. It has moved out of overbought. The biggest takeaway that people need to understand, and it all depends on the close today, and that is this. If it closes... Uh, hold on, I'm going to get the number exact for you on this one because this is a pretty big deal. If it closes below 4105, which should be pretty easy to do, we'll, we'll see how the rest of the day plays out. If it closes below 4105, that will have taken out the previous five-week closes. So you have a bar here in, in the movement that is making uh, a situation where in one week we will have closed lower than we did the previous five um, 
ever did. I mean, that's just when you have that. And again, it's not really because we moved down so much. It's because we were so flat there every week. I'm like, yeah, it hasn't moved. It really hasn't moved. It really hasn't moved. But then you have this big downward move here. That's very negative when you have those kind of things happening. That's at least where the S&P 500 is set up. People are asking, how come this movement, what's happened here? Well, I think pretty much what's happened is what we thought would happen. On Wednesday of this week, the the Fed had their announcement. They said they were going to raise it uh, a quarter point. The issue was everyone was looking for this possible pause statement. I said they can't say that because you have these commodities going up and inflation still high, especially with PCE still where it is. Uh, they basically said, you know, we're going to have to just look at the data, which is basically steady as she goes. Now, that doesn't mean that they're going to uh, – that they're done hiking rates. It doesn't mean they're going to pause. It doesn't mean that they're going to cut. The real problem is the market seems to think that they're going to cut and that the Fed is lying. True, the Fed's liars. I don't know what they are and they aren't going to do. But with inflation high and their mandate to get inflation under control, I believe that it's going to be higher for longer. And I don't believe there will be any rate cuts this year. The only way I believe that you truly get a rate cut this year is that the market absolutely bombs. If that happens, then then I would say, okay, yeah, I mean, if it gets down around 3,200 or it starts going lower than that, yeah, very well. They, they, may, they may consider cutting rates at that point in time. But they have to be very concerned with what they're seeing, at least on the inflation front, uh, because that is one of their mandates is to do that and, of course, full unemployment and all that good jazz. So that's the big, the big takeaway that happened this week. Um, looking at the Dow Jones Industrial Average, very similar position uh, should be down. The Russell 2000, it didn't even make it up. I mean, it's a very weak position. Looks like uh, on a daily basis uh, that it's going down. Weekly should be. I would not be surprised, based on where the the Russell 2000 is at this point in time, the low is 1641, uh, hovering around the, the 1700s here. That could be taken out here in the next couple of weeks, which would be an absolute new low for it, uh, going all the way back to 2021. So keep that in mind. The daily on the NASDAQ is uh, has moved out of overbought and is moving downward. It actually is a little bit ahead, though, on the weekly um, – at least the weekly, it, it's further down there. It's not uh, oversold yet, but it is getting closer as it does go by. So that's what's happening with those markets. Now, the market that I do talk about it briefly, but they probably need to pay a little bit more attention to it, and everyone probably needs to pay a little bit more attention to it, really is uh, you got to be looking at this Treasury market and, and what is going on here currently with, with the U.S. Treasuries. Uh these numbers that are being put out there right now, uh, it, it is a real, real interesting situation. Now, I'm going to try to say these slow so you, so you can get some of this. But a one-month treasury is 4.5%, a two-month 5.4%, and a three-month is at 5.32%. So just the difference between the one and the three-year is you have an open gap there of, of – 72 basis points at this point in time uh you have a six month at five you have the one year at 4.6 you have the two year at 3.7 see what's happened there 
and then you go from the two year to the ten. The ten's at three point three, so it still is inverted. But you have some other situations that's going on uh, at this point in time. But then you look at the thirty year, and it's at three point six percent. So not only do we have an inverted yield curve, the front end of this yield curve uh, is really high. Uh, that's going on there, and the difference between that three three month and in the one year to, to two years. It's just unbelievably how inverted that is. Some of these numbers are most inverted at all, of all times. And that being said, uh, that is putting serious pressure. The main reason is because they're afraid of the fault uh, uh, of the U.S. by not raising the, the debt ceiling, which is a problem right now. Uh, I, just, I, I just call it the way I see it. If people don't understand what's happening here, they usually raise the debt ceiling when... President Trump was in there. They raised it three times, no string attached. Now, guess what? Democrats are in there, the Republican Congress. They're basically holding them hostage and tying all these strings attached to it and saying that we need to negotiate. You don't negotiate on the debt ceiling limit. The time to do that is during the budget. That's when you, that's when you negotiate on that. But it's like anything. The, the Republicans can put out there that, yes, we passed this, so now it's up to you Democrats. It's just a bad look for the Democrats. But if you're really paying attention at least in my humble opinion, uh, they're, they're playing a game of chicken here, and the Republicans are holding this whole thing hostage. All they have to do is say they want to raise the debt ceiling, and, he, and they would sign the bill immediately, and the debt ceiling would be raised, and all that good nonsense would go away, and they would now you know, say it's June 1st is when this is supposed to end. So paying attention to these inverted yield curves and what's happening here in the Treasury market is something that everyone needs to pay attention to and understand because it is going to affect a lot of things, especially with these, you know, you just had another quarter quarter rate hike. And so the, when you get closer to the terminal rate of when they're going to stop raising rates, it will make a difference in how, in how things do react. But a pause doesn't mean that we have other things going on. It just means it's time to take a look at that. So make sure you understand that uh, and, and what is taking place there. Uh, we do need to go to a short break. When we come back, we're going to hit some of these other markets. Um, as always, if you do have a question or topic you'd like to hear on the show, we'd love to hear from you. 812-316-2079. You follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Send us an email, info at lindsaywealth.com. Financial questions, real answers right back after this short break. Welcome back to Financial Questions, Real Answers. This is your host, Darwin Lindsay, Certified Financial Planner. If you do have a question or topic you'd like to hear on the show, we would love to hear from you. 812-316-2079. Uh, you follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, just to finish up a little bit on that last segment, if the Democrats and Republicans ever want to do the right thing, you just get rid of the stupid debt ceiling limit. That's what you would do. Uh, it's just absolutely insane that you have this limit just to pay the bills, and that's all it is is paying the bills. If you want to fix the budget, then go fix the budget and have your arguments there. But paying the bills, just go ahead. and there's, There shouldn't be a, some cap on paying the paying the bills these are things that have already have incurred um but we, we will see how this plays out I, I assume it's going to be a game of chicken there'll be some sort of compromise at the last second uh, at least that's what you can only hope for you really don't want to go in default here uh, that would that would uh, even the last time that we were close they downgraded uh the u.s debt from triple a to double a and it never has gotten its triple a back just a reminder on on why this is important so the bonds, uh, at least weekly, it's bare. Uh, daily, it's mixed, slightly bullish. Uh, both the that's on the notes and the bonds. They're they're in the similar position as exactly where 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 they are at this point in time. 
gold and silver. This is getting more and more interesting on the gold and silver. Uh, a little more panic sitting in with some of these banks. Gold has done opposite of what I believe that it uh, should be doing at this point in time. It actually continues to gradually go up. The weekly should be going down, but uh, as strong of up week as we have had, uh, it may close at a new high that it hasn't closed at uh, for several years. Um, and the the interesting part about that is that's almost from the over uh, oversold range, so that would actually imply that it would have several weeks longer to go up. Uh, trying to figure out the pattern that's truly happening in gold when you have people that are panic buying in both gold and silver. Uh, very hard to tell exactly what is happening here. I thought it would have been going down. I mean, that would have been my uh, my prediction. This is why, again, shouldn't go on, on what I say here, but just going from a charting standpoint, we're always trying to tell you at least where we think things are at this point in time. As we do look at the euro-dollar, the daily looks like it's made a reversal. Uh, should should be going higher there. The the weekly actually should be coming down. So what you, what the expectation again is is it's at one ten fifty nine essentially on the week. Should come down quite a bit here over the next three to five weeks. Uh, should find a floor somewhere probably around one oh four. And then it should go higher. The dollar is in the exact opposite position, uh, which is it's trying to come out of uh, oversold, and it should be should be rising up. Now, don't the why the dollar may be rising again. This should just be a correction, and then the dollar should be going lower, and the euro should be going higher longer term. That's the main takeaways that you need to understand at this point in time on that front. Uh, Bitcoin. Bitcoin has basically been a little sideways. It's still a little downward, but uh, daily is at least sideways. The the weekly should be down for a couple more weeks. Would be the most likely. We'll see if it breaks twenty five thousand or not. That's the point that you want to look at uh, there. Oil. Man, if someone can explain to me what is going on with oil, you're a genius. Because the last two days, it has. Uh, Really, three, I guess I should say. But if you if you look back at the Tuesday and Wednesday of this week, we were at $76. Then you drop all the way down to $68. The reason that this is almost seems like it can't happen, if you haven't been paying attention to the news, is Iran has captured two oil tankers in the last week as they were sailing through um, the Strait of Hormuz uh, that was going from Dubai to uh, United Arab Emirates. With that being the case, you would think that the oil would be a little bit more uh, up. Instead, it's it's down, and the daily should hit a daily low here within the next uh, next couple days, based on based on the way that the charting is. I will say it's a little interesting on this front because I didn't think that oil would get this low. Uh, it, it's it's still above the $61 mark, which is sort of the end-all, be-all, at least from my standpoint, on, on the price that it needs to hold. And it should make a reversal, which should be a correction, and then it should go to the lowest that it's going to go. So you sort of have a, a, a roundabout little cycle here that is taking place there. Because on the weekly basis, it probably has another two to three weeks down, but on the daily, uh, it should at least be rising here very soon. Uh, at least that's what you would expect out of out of this situation. 
but that is not happening here with oil. So if you're trying to trade oil or do something in that, I, I don't understand what, what's truly taking place here to have these two monster moves that have taken place uh, in, in oil on a daily basis. But uh, some, something to continue to watch and monitor is what, is what does take place there with oil. Soybeans, the uh, daily we're getting near daily highs should be uh, close to being in place uh, more than likely then uh, we will go ahead and we will probably take out, I would imagine, 1419 at some point in time next week would be the uh, estimation that is going to take place. Should be sideways down for another week or two. Corn basically is in the same situation. Uh, it should take out 1618 is what it should take out. More than likely sometime. Let's make sure I get this right. Yeah, more than likely sometime here in the next week. We will see if that happens or not. Uh, but that's sort of what's going on with these markets. Uh, it, it, it does make for some interesting theater for sure uh, when you see this. A lot of questions this week regarding the regional banks. The regional banks, again, are under pressure because people are make, taking their deposits out. They're moving to the larger banks. It was one of my questions that one of my colleagues sent me because I was asking, well, how can J.P. Morgan have over 10% of all the deposits in the U.S.? I thought there was a law against that. There is a law against that. However, whenever there's a banking crisis and someone a bank is failing, they're allowed to buy the assets of the bank, which puts them over the 10%. So then, of course, it brings up my other question. So we have these rules in place, but if a bank's failing, we'll go ahead and we'll suspend the rules, and J.P. Morgan can go ahead and they can be the ones that uh, have more than 10% of the deposits in the U.S. So you have the big banks getting bigger. You have the regional banks that are failing. You have, have PacWest, which may or may not go out of business, be sold, whatever they're going to do probably this weekend. Uh, again, that's that's not a pre- I'm not saying to buy, sell, or do anything there. That's just where we currently are at this point in time when it does come to dealing with, with that bank there. But it's the one, if you look at its price, it's basically down 80%, 90% here uh, in, in the last several months. So you just start monitoring all the, all these regional banks that have gone. Three of the four largest bank fails have happened here recently. With that being said, you have to be cognizant of what is going on with them and, and the attacks that they're under. Uh, whenever people are uh, talking about uh, m- m- moving their money out, and of course it doesn't take much, and how quickly the money can move uh, with those banks to put them in peril, and this is this is the problem: is how long is this going to go on, and when is this going to stop? You just raised the an, another uh, quarter basis point to get it up to five to five. With uh, so if that's the case. You, not only is the lending going to take the, – the problem is it's not just the lending. A lot of these banks at that size are the ones that are dealing in the smaller communities, and that's where a lot of people get loans. Yes, there are smaller banks that do loans, but they sometimes won't do larger loans because they're not big enough to be able to do that. And that's when you need someone else that's willing to say, okay, yes, we will loan you $100 million. It's not like it's a billion dollars, but it's a decent amount of money. Smaller banks aren't capable of doing that. Larger, the regional banks, they're capable of doing that. Uh, and obviously the big banks are, but a lot of those big banks, they're not around here. There's no big banks around Vincennes. I mean, that's just the way it is right now. I mean, 
the everything that has been regional has been gobbled up. I mean, we have some smaller banks here uh, and deal with, with some smaller regional banks, I guess is the best way to put it. So under those circumstances, that, that becomes a problem because uh, for smaller communities to try to get loans, it becomes much, much harder for them to do that. Uh, and, and be able to receive that. So keep that in mind as you do see these regional banks fails and how, how this can affect small communities. Well, that's how it does because most of the time when anyone's going to build something or create these jobs, they need to borrow money to be able to do that, and that's where a lot of that lending comes into play. As always, if you do have a question or topic you would like to hear on the show, we would love to hear from you. 812-316-2079. You follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Send us an email, info at lindsaywealth.com. Financial questions, real answers. We're right back after this short break. Welcome back to Financial Questions, Real Answers. This is your host, Darwin Lindsay, Certified Financial Planner. If you do have a question or topic you'd like to hear on the show, we'd love to hear from you. 812-316-2079. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Send us an email, info at lindsaywealth.com. I knew it was going to come up, and it finally, finally someone asked the question, though. Can you explain chat GPT to me and exactly what that is? Okay, so a little background here. Chat GPT is an artificial intelligence chat bot, and it's developed by OpenAI. Now, there are other, there's one coming out from Google uh, later on this year. The one from Google's sort of cool too. They're all gonna, I'm sure they're all gonna be fighting for the same thing. And like, one of, the, like, the way that this works is, it's a computer based software, but it, they have put a lot of time, money, and effort. You can go out there and you can do this for free. I I hadn't been on here this week until the question was asked, and I finally finally have the account to do it. And and you can go on there and you can just ask it all sorts of questions, and it just spits out real quickly, uh, probably about a paragraph a second. And I think the longest answer I got was about eight paragraphs. So within about ten seconds, it had eight paragraphs. Uh, and I was asking it some financial terms and other things. But sometimes uh, you you can tell that other firms are trying to get it to where their employees are answering questions with the chat GPT to their boss. So they're not even talking to their boss. It's the computer, but the people don't realize that it's the computer talking to them. And, and so it can make, it can write things, do things. It's very intelligent. Uh, I don't, it's scary at the same time. You can see why when they said, three or four years ago that 52% of all the jobs are going to be gobbled up by computers in the next 10 to 12 years. You can see why they said that. Now, as you start to see this, you're like, oh man, they, they really can. Um, and people ask me all the time, you know, well, won't, won't the software just take over for, for trading? And I would say if, if you're a person that all you do is investments, then yeah, I mean, the computer's just going to take it over. But if you're a financial advisor or financial planner and you're someone that's actually giving advice, then I would say you're you're going to be the one that is either providing advice to the chat GPT for answers, or people are going to come to you because not everything's cookie cutter. You have so many other things that are going on when you make a decision of what's happening with financial planning. Not that the computer can't analyze things, but it needs to ask other certain questions too, uh, especially like a prime example, is it smart enough? And I mean, I'm sure that they can program it, but it's again, it's all about how good your programming is 
to be able to once you go through all these questions is it, and it probably would be in there to begin with but there there's certain things like if you know someone's going to nursing home i mean one of the questions to ask is are you a veteran or not because if you're a veteran you can avoid the the five-year look back and you can get rid of some of the assets and do other things the chat gpt in in the way that the artificial intelligence works is and again this isn't publicly traded company i should just tell you that right now what it, i'm sure it will be at some point in time but at least the chat gpt is not is they have private funding that's going into this but like with google what's happening with the with theirs is if you have an email chain and you have all these people at work doing on this it's going to summarize it very quickly and give you one paragraph and say this is what's going on so you don't have to go back and look through five emails and say oh what did sherry say what what did judy say what did bob say you're not gonna have to do all that it's just going to be there at the top so it, it's really speeding up things that are happening now at the, at the same time there are other things that have happened and that is the voice recognition which isn't really involved i don't think with most of these but it this can be duped with voice recognition with with computer people that are very smart and prime example you're listening to me on the radio it's on a podcast too with only about 30 seconds of hearing my voice they can go ahead and they can dupe that but what happened was the the mom got the call that their daughter had been kidnapped and that they needed to send money and do all this. Well, it sounded like the daughter. However, the daughter was perfectly fine. She was out shopping. But this just shows how it can be used in the wrong way, and, and that's not quite GP, chat GPT. But it's going to be hard for regulators, in my opinion, to get a hold of this. And even if they do regulate it here, well, guess what? You're just going to do it offshore. Uh, it has the potential is very high the bar is very low right right now that it's it's clearing and the potential is almost unlimited on what can happen to this and it just came out uh really at the start of december of this uh of last year in 2022 where it takes it i'm sure that there's going to be multiple companies in the future and someone's going to get this down better and better and, and, and be able to do other things costs a lot of money to get these things up and running but as it does get better, there's going to be more an opportunity. And, yes, your job will, will probably at some point in time, depending on what you're doing, you have to say that, hey, that this thing is not only going to help me, but this thing actually could take over my job. And that's where we say, well, what they'll do is they'll hire more people that are com- computer engineers or people that can write code or people that need to do things for what they're trying to do because it can speed up and it's just faster than a human being can think or do in a lot of things. So that's what I always say about my job. I think my job's safe because the advice is what I've always said is the most important. It's not not the investing part. The other part with that is, too, is if everyone's doing the same investing, that's not going to work as well either. So you're going to have to have someone there that's actually going to go ahead and think outside the box uh, rather than this thing that's just going to put out the same answers to everyone. But it is incredible technology. I mean, I highly recommend you go out there and try it. I mean, I put in some some questions. It had some interesting responses. Some of it was a little off. Uh, I asked about Lindsay Wealth Management. Uh, unfortunately, I had my, my son in there as the person that owned the business, so that's sort of interesting considering he's a minor. Uh, but it, it will produce some things out there, um, and I can see how it could be very helpful in the right situation for people. Uh, someplace to invest, maybe in the future, you just got to figure out which one's doing it. And I'm sure 
any large company is going to be trying to invest in this technology or uh, f- figure out a way for for itself to be able to to handle that and also uh, more than likely replace humans. You just got to watch for the downside that can happen with this technology as well. As always, if you do have a question or topic that you would like to hear on the show, we would love to hear from you. 812-316-2079. You follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Send us an email, info at lindsaywealth.com. This is Darwin Lindsay for Financial Questions, Real Answers. We'll see you next week.